Welcome into this episode of Show Your Scars with Jordan and Angeli, a look inside the journey back from a devastating injury. We may not choose for this to happen to us, but we appreciate who we become in the process. Now let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. Hey, Show Your Scars, I'm back and I'm so excited to be talking to you guys again and hopefully helping you as you progress through whatever you're going through right now. I needed to take a little hiatus. I was doing a lot and I couldn't commit 100% or give 100% of myself to the podcast and I didn't feel like that was fair to me nor to you. So I took a couple weeks off and I feel refreshed and I've recorded some interviews that I really feel like are going to help you guys immensely to inspire, encourage, and just motivate you through this journey. I want to start off by sharing with you guys a conversation I had actually just a couple days ago with Dan Abrams. Dan is a sports psychologist and author from England who has worked with some of the most elite footballers or if you're an American soccer players in the world. He talks a little bit about how he got into working as a sports psychologist and how it stemmed from a weakness in his own game as a pro golfer, why he kind of made the transition from golf to soccer. He still does some some work in golf, but predominantly soccer and helps athletes understand that they can improve their game by improving their mental strength and capability and the way that they talk to themselves, believe in themselves and so many other things. I read Dan's ebook, which you can all get by signing up for his newsletter, which is amazing. And one of the things that he said is the words you use to determine the pictures you see, which drives your confidence and subsequently determines your performance. I think that's powerful. And I think it has a lot to do with some of the things that Dan and I talk about that how you think really paints a picture in your mind about how you're going to be, which determines your confidence and your performance. And that can be your confidence in your injury recovery. It could be your confidence as uh, an athlete when you get back to doing that. And therefore, your brain is really helping you perform better. Dan and I talk about a lot of important topics, including first and foremost, his message that it's okay to be emotional and to feel angry and hurt in those first you know, however long it takes you at the beginning of this process to kind of accept that this is happening to you. We don't often get injured. And I think as athletes, we don't want to be emotional, but emotions are normal and should be felt is the message that Dan portrays. Next, just some various ways to use your recovery as a way to audit and improve your game, both on the performance side, but really on the mental side. He talks about the role of cortisol in the injury recovery process and how using some of the techniques he talks to us about can lower your cortisol levels, therefore helping you recover a little bit better. And lastly, he talks about opening up your injury app. And I love this because it's an acronym and it's later on in the podcast, but he goes into what your injury app looks like and how when you open up that app, you can really find that you have a growth mindset and you're growing through this process. So I love this conversation. I hope you guys do as well. A lot of good things to be said and heard here. So uh, let us know what you think. And without 
any more chat from me. I want to let you guys hear from Dan himself. Thank you so much for taking the time. And um, I know we're both on different time zones and you are a busy, busy man, but I am excited to chat with you. No, well, I'm just sorry. It's, it's, it's possibly the longest, most protracted attempt <laughs> to try and, uh, arrange something that I think I've ever had. So, uh, but we've got we've got here in the end. So, so hopefully main... it's good that it was this long build up and it's something really awesome for everybody. So I, I believe you play. Did you, did you play with Ali in college? Would that be right? Or I played with her on the under twenty national team, and then um, ah, right. right. Yeah. So I, and then I was with the national team a little bit before she was with them, but mm-hmm. I suffered a series of knee injuries throughout my collegiate and then professional career, and yep. it's kind of sparked this idea of what the ACL club is and helping people through. Um, the mental and emotional side of injury recovery, because I don't feel like that's talked about enough. And um, yeah, and I, I found you kind of through her and I started following you and I just, I, I read your book, The Mental Toughness. That's your newest one, correct? Um, that, is it that the ebook or the published books? The ebook. The ebook is the oldest. Oldest, um, okay. That, that was sort of, no, that, that was a forerunner for writing the other ones okay so yeah yeah Yeah, I really enjoyed it it was great and so the other ones are um soccer so I've got three soccer ones um so soccer soccer tough Mm -hmm. soccer tough two um and uh soccer brain so Soccer Brain, I wrote for coaches, and Soccer Tough and Soccer Tough 2, I wrote for players. Um, and they're kind of full of case studies, um, players I've worked with, like Carlton Cole and Yannick Bellassi and various other players that I've sort of worked with over here in England um, in the Premier League. So um, my, my kind of passion is to, to bring this side alive for players. And when I first sat down to write a book, uh, I that's what I wanted to do because I felt that most sports psychology or soccer psychology books are written for coaches. Mm -hmm. And I I kind of felt that no player would necessarily sit down and and engage in a, in a soccer psychology book. And so that's uh, when I wrote the ebook, which you've read. And then when I wrote, especially when I wrote soccer tough and soccer tough too, I wrote it in as informal and chatty, uh, style and uh, as I possibly could and sort of got permission to include various case studies and stuff so um, yeah that's kind of how I how I go about things yeah that's great and I think um, one of my favorite books is Mind Gym and I would read it in preseason like every year so I think that something like that soccer tough like if I would have known about it when I actually was still playing I probably still will read it just to like because I'm so intrigued by this side of sports in general that um I think it's so helpful when you realize how powerful your brain is yeah well it it, it's it's interesting at the moment for me because I'm getting funnily enough I am getting more and more women players from the states um contacting me whether that's because um I've had a you know sort of successful working relationship with Ali or whether it's you know just I'm fortunate enough to have sold a few books out there and got my name out there and 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 stuff but I've had quite a few um uh, a couple of the uh, US women's team have, have been in touch and I've done a little bit with them and um so it's uh it, it is an area that isn't 
done well enough. And I don't blame soccer players. I I blame sports psychologists because we kind of fit into one one of two molds. We're either stunningly theoretical and we start talking about the inverted U hypothesis and systematic desensitization and everybody's like, what the hell's that got to do with kicking a ball in the goal? Uh, Or we're the other way around and we kind of punch the air and sort of say, you can achieve anything, which is palpably not true. So I... I try and hit the happy medium, which is inspirational and aspirational and, 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 and try just try to, but, but sort of have it grounded in some theory, some science, Mm -hmm. but try to bring that live as much as I can. And, 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 you know, talk about squashing ants, automatic negative thoughts and, and having a game face and using controllers, uh, controllers, self-talk and body language and stuff. And just try to make it fun and upbeat and, uh, as informative as I can and practical. It's got to pra- be practical. Yeah, I was going to say, it's easily used if you get into the habit, you know, you remember ants, you remember, um, you know, the stop and what was it, stop? Yeah, well, spot, stop, shift. Yep, and yep. Lastly, I talk a lot, I mean, with Ali, it was really, a, you know, and I can talk about this because, you know, I, I actually came over to the NSCAA and she allowed me to talk about her case study and we we just developed what was called a game face so when she went into into camp um you know and and she tried to sort of impress upon jill ellis that she was worth a go at the olympics it was creating a game face um uh, and we came up with something called df buskets dominant focused buskets Mm -hmm. so she went there and 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 was thinking that and doing that and, and acting like that and and it, it it worked quite nicely so uh it's just trying to trying to bring it alive yes absolutely and i kind of want to start i think with this you know kind of go back into what what your background is and why you chose to get into sports psychology well i was a i was a professional golfer mm-hmm. and um i was it didn't quite work out for me in golf and one of the big reasons was because of the mental side of the game i was stood on the first tee and saw the trees and the bunkers and the water rather than the fairway and the green and the hole mm. so um and I, I i i was i was one of those players who was sort of asking well, why do i think and feel like this and probably too much you know i was almost too analytical to be a player and that led me on a pathway to being a golf coach and as i was coaching i i really got into the mental side of the game and um did a, my degree in psychology and my master's degree in sports psychology over here in england and it built from there and i came to a crossroads and it was well am i going to be a, a golf coach with uh, uh, qualifications in psychology or am i going to take these qualifications and become a sports psychologist and so mm-hmm. i had my qualifications and i got a, a credit accreditation and became a licensed psychologist over here and uh, became a sports psychologist full-time about a decade ago and um, I looked around me I was obviously knew golf like the back of my hand but I was always being English and you know you're you most people are big supporters of soccer over here mm-hmm. and um, um, I decided to to get into soccer and I started here at non-league level because I was having played pro golf one of the things I felt about sports psychology was that um, it, it it often wasn't believable and often you came across a sports psychologist who was probably very good but didn't speak my language as a golfer and one of the things I decided to do with soccer was start at non-league level and build up experience and try to learn the language of the player of the soccer player and learn the specific challenges that soccer players have and that was 12 13 years ago and I you know um over here non-league in England 
it's rough it's tough it's box to box it's long balls it's it really yeah. is and, and the crowds on top of you that sort of the support can be sort of 500 through to 5000 and players can hear everything the crowd says and uh and and it can be challenging mentally challenging and what you often get a lot in england is i started working uh in the sixth division uh which is called the conference here okay and um or the fifth division sorry and um and you had a lot of players who came who who were 21 22 years of age 23 years of age who had come down from the Arsenal academy the Spurs academy the West Ham Crystal Palace Liverpool Manchester United who were playing at that level they clearly had ability right but one of the reasons why they hadn't made the breakthrough and for me the main reason and the predominant reason over here in Britain is because of the emotional the mental side of the game they didn't know how to manage their confidence how to focus better how to deal with the emotional side and and so I found it a bit of a gold mine in terms of clients and it kind of built from there Jordan it, it, I had some you know I had really enjoyed some success with some lower league teams and and then I was introduced to a player called Carlton Cole who um, was um, a Premier League player at the time for West Ham mm-hmm. but he was in a reserve team he had, he was known for being one of the most talented young players and his career had gone into a tail sort of a nose nose dive and um found him in the west ham reserves and 18 months of hard work on his mindset he made his debut under uh, debut for england under fabio capello and he was very kind to sort of attribute uh, some of the work that we did on his huge progression and it sort of snowballed from there and uh, I've worked with a number of Premier League teams now, um, worked with a number of, had the brilliant opportunity to work with some world-class players, written three books, and um, yes, and have a bit of a presence on Twitter and, and social media, so everything's yeah. grown for me. I love that, reading the start story of Carlton Cole and how he, you know, it's progress, right? It's not like you started working with you and everything... Um, you know, happened overnight. It's like hard work. And I think that's one of the things for me in in this side of with the ACL club is people get injured and they're like, I want to be back and I want to be better right away. And there are so many steps from getting injured to getting better. And it takes months and months and months. And the patience in the process is really difficult. But um, sometimes that's, I mean, it's so necessary to get really where you want to be, which is back to full health or for Carlton Cole, it was back, you know, he wanted to get and fulfill his potential and that takes work and, and time. Absolutely. And and you know what, Jordan, I mean, although the Carlton Cole story isn't about a recovery from injury, it's a good starting point because, Mm -hmm. you know, I really want to be clear here that, and I say this whenever I deliver a a session to a group of players, a team, um, is that I describe myself as the one to five guy. By one to five, I mean the one percent to five percent guy. You know, any sports psychologist and to a to a larger degree, a coach can only make a one to five percent difference in a player. Probably, a, 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 you know, a soccer coach can make a bigger difference. But, you know, for me as a, as a sports psychologist, I can be I can strive to be the very best that I can be. But ultimately, it's the player mm-hmm. who has to make the difference themselves. We can sit down, we can discuss techniques, we can discuss philosophies i can i can be 
um uh, you know they can i can be their verbal punch bag you know i i can i can counsel them but ultimately uh whether you're striving to get from point a to b whether you've got a big audacious goal that you're striving to achieve whether it's that you're striving to come back from injury get back into a team um build on the career that you had beforehand whatever it is you're the person if you're the player you're the person who's going to do that nobody else is going to do that for you and and i think that's such an important thing for players to recognize because i mean uh, what you do find as a psychologist is some players come to you and they 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 kind of feel like they're ticking a box. Oh, I'm seeing a sports yeah, psychologist now. I can see I'm that. being I'm being really dedicated to my craft. And you know what, Jordan? I was I was a bit guilty of that as a golfer. And you probably get it more in in sports like golf and tennis than than soccer, uh, whereby because it's an individual sport they hire their physio, they hire their coach, they hire their sports psychologist. And I was guilty of this. Hey, I'm seeing a sports psychologist. Look at my dedication. You know, I'm doing the right thing. But I actually wasn't proactive in using the techniques. Mm. I wasn't proactive in growing and developing and building myself over that journey. So my my first message to uh, any listener is you have to take ownership of your current situation. Obviously, we're here to talk about injury. So if it is industry, injury, mm-hmm. if it is injury, you have to take ownership. A coach can't do this for you. A psychologist can't do this for you. You know, they can be there to support you. Yes, they can give you words of wisdom. Yes, they can ask you possibly the right questions. Yes, they can open your mind to certain techniques, but you're the one who has to act act on those techniques, act on those philosophies, act in the right way, behave in the right way, think in the right way every single day. So that really is a starting point is taking responsibility. Yeah, I I think that's so key. I get a lot of emails from people of just, um, you know, they're struggling with where they're at. And I always try to figure out a way to like refocus their thoughts onto something like that's positive. Okay. I'm stuck in this place where I can't, I can't get strength in my leg. And I'm like, well, what can you do? Like, how can we refocus this into something where you're thinking about what you can? Cause I think with, um, the injury recovery process, it's easy to, it's easy to say I'm not doing what I want to do or what I love to do and get really down and depressed and low because you're not one, you're not getting the adrenaline in the, um, the work in the workout in the physicality of what it is, but two, then the mental side, you know, you are alone, you're doing this all by yourself. So what would you, and, and I'm sure working at, with all these players at the highest level, you deal with injuries, um, probably more often than you would like to. I think all of us would would say the same thing. Um, But how, what's like the first step in trying to get your mind into a place where you can see it as an opportunity maybe, or as um, just that progress, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So look, I I mean, uh, and, and to to sort of reinforce what you said there, I mean, last year I, I I spent the year working at, um, a club called Derby County, uh, which is a, a, a championship 
club, okay. uh-huh. um, one one below the Premier League. Yep. Um, a great opportunity to work with Steve McLaren, who's a who's a former England manager. And, and next year, I'm actually I, I won't name the team because contracts aren't completely uh, signed off yet. But I'm working with a Premier League team and actually joining oh, their hey. medical med, med, medical department um, in July. So that a big part of that will be helping with injuries. Um, That's amazing! Congratulations! That's so yeah, cool. No, no, thank you. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, I've worked with. Premier League teams yeah. before, but it's an exciting. It's a exciting opportunity because it's a really cool club, and um, um, I, I, I'm saying that because yes, a big part of it is is uh, involved with working with injured players, and mm-hmm. you know. But I think before we get on to the reframe, I, I think the first message to people is, um, you know, when you've just been injured, and I'm I'm talking really, you know, you you've stepped off, you've been carried off the pitch, and, yeah. There's a there's a the first few days, even maybe the first week, it's okay to be emotional, and totally. I, and I think that's really important to say because what I don't want to come across is this kind of tough-minded guy who who says, well, hey, as soon as you as soon as you get that tough di- that harsh diagnosis, that that you've got to uh, reframe things straight away, and it's got to be all sweetness and light and positive and sunshine and flowers straight away. It's okay to be emotional, and and that has to be part of. I think there is a grieving process, and and that's okay. And and you use the term the word loneliness there and I think it's really important to look at realities if you're not a pro- at a professional club where there's especially in the Premier League there's yeah. a host of stuff um, uh, around you then having people to talk to who perhaps won't provide a solution um, is a useful thing who will just listen to you who who, who give you the opportunity to be there to be your verbal punch bag mm-hmm. that's okay that's okay um i i think in the early stages you know what it, it's useful when i speak to players i do talk a little bit about the brain and the way the brain works and why it is that they they feel that way and into week two week three and if it's a long-term injury week two week three week four mm-hmm. why it be so tough to shift emotions and I sort of explained to them in 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 very brief terms here that um the brain will bookmark the um the injury and how it happened that's why you can get sort of constant sort of visualized uh uh, the the injury and how it happened uh the brain loves to bookmark that kind of um, accident or failure um, because it's kind of saying to you don't do that again yeah I know that's crazy but it's bookmarking failure and it's saying don't do that again don't put yourself in that position again because that hurts it's a survival mechanism and and it actually um, entrenches that picture in your mind it injects a whole load of emotion because again, it's kind of it's trying to get you to not go back to that scenario. So you have to kind of forgive yourself and your brain for experiencing that reoccurrence, constantly experience, experiencing that pain and that that burden of emotion in the first few weeks. That happens. Yeah. Um, and for your give yourself in the in the way of saying like I accept that I feel this way, but like. Um, I, I like not pushing it to the side saying like, this is a, this is okay to feel this way. Is that what you mean by forgiveness? Yeah. I, 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 
I think in the, the formative stages and the formative stages, it, this is very, very individual specific and it's very, it can be challenging to give general advice, yeah. but in the formative stages, accept it. Yeah. Don't fight it. You can't necessarily win that fight. Just accept the way you feel. Now, Jordan, that might be a couple of days. That might be four days. That might be a week. What I would say is just let the brain have its way in uh, over those first few days or a week. Mm-hmm. Um, when you do, um, you 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 give yourself some. You give yourself the beginnings of time to heal. Um, and I, I really do advise that, that, that players just give themselves that time to feel that, that bit of, bit of hurt. Um, and don't give yourself too much of an internal fight. Time, yeah. But yeah. As that grief will start to wear thin. So, you know what, when it starts to, and when you feel like you're complaining and sometimes people around you will give you, whether it's the physio, whether it's the coach, whether it's your parents, whether it's teammates, whether it's just social friends, when they give you the nudge, Hey, come on. Yes, this is happening. Yes, this is this, you know, we didn't want this to happen and it's not great. Now it's time to move on. I think that's your, that's your verbal nudge to go right now. It's time to reframe. Now it's time to see this as a period of opportunity. So I think then it's okay. A period of opportunity. What do I mean by that? And and I think that in your in your formative stages of rehabilitation, when you, when you've when you're not necessarily out there on the pitch, mm-hmm. uh, you've come off of that emotional burden and you've had that bit of grief and you want to move forward there's several things you can do and obviously as a psychologist here i'm going to start talking about visualization um uh, i i just use the term picturing so rather than using the complex term visualization i use the term picturing okay you know start picturing how you want to play when you when you're ready to come back um start picturing your best games your dream games because at that time your brain will want you to picture um performing poorly and your brain will sort of delve into being worried about how you could how am i going to perform when i come back am i going to get back into the team i call these ants automatic negative thoughts and at that stage i think it's important to strive to squash the ants and the way you squash the ants is for me is just if you experience an ant how am i going to perform am i going to get back in the team is coach going to want to let me back in hey stop what does my best game look like what does my best game feel like when i come back what will it look like if i play my dream game yeah what you're doing there is rather than making negative statements you're asking yourself positive, powerful and impactful questions that when you answer those questions, you'll be able to picture you at your best. You'll be able to picture your dream games. You're giving yourself yourself small injections of confidence. And over time, that will give you bigger hits of belief. Um, you've really got to answer back to those ants. But rather than doing so in statements, form i'm going to play well when i come back rather than doing that 
I would ask yourself questions. What will it look like if I, uh, when I come back and I play at my best, what does my best game look like? What runs am I making? What's my movement like? Um, what save, what, 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 what crosses am I catching? If I'm a goalkeeper, what saves do I make? How do I demand and command my penalty area? As a striker, what, what, what runs, what movement have I got to lose the defenders and find space? So you're building up really, really positive pictures of you playing at your best. Yeah. Um, that's a really powerful thing to do. Another really powerful thing to do when you've got downtime, if, you're, if your foot's in a, if your leg's in a sling or if you've got yeah. the plaster cast on, is to, hey, do an audit on your game. Do an audit on your game. What are your strengths? What are areas that, 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 that you need to improve? Brilliant. These are the areas that, that I need to improve. I need to be quicker in my first five meters. Um, I need to get tighter to my mark, to um, the midfielder. I need to check my shoulders more so I get the 360 degree view around me. These are the things I know I need to get better at. Right. What does that look like if I get better at that? So that can bring in the picture okay. side of things. Yeah. Within that audit, um, Jordan, maybe go and get a 360-degree view. Go talk to your coach. Go talk to uh, your teammates. What do they think about your game? Try to get their thoughts on what you need to focus on when you do come back. Um, make that time useful. And with that, become a student of the game. I don't think any time is wasted if you get yourself onto YouTube um, uh -huh. and start looking at some clips of players that you like, players who play in your position and you want to model. What we know in science is the brain can't tell the difference between what's real and what's imagined. So any time that you're picturing yourself playing the style of, of, of the player you want to be, the brain thinks that that's happening. Is that going to make you Lionel Messi? You know, is it going to make you Alex Morgan? Well, no, it's not. But is it time where you're helping yourself prepare to come back positively? Yes, it is. Yeah. And the overarching thing here, the overarching thing is that when you feel stressed, when you feel down, um, when you feel anxious, um, when you're injured, you're releasing a stress hormone called cortisol. So when you feel anxious, when you feel stressed, you release this stress hormone into your um, bloodstream called cortisol. Mm -hmm. Now, what some scientific evidence has suggested is that cortisol slows down your rehabilitation, your rate of recovery. Um, so you need to be aware of that. It's not only important to adhere to your gym program in your rehabilitation, it's also important to manage your thinking. It's, it's, it's so important to put on a pedestal the skill of self-management because spending a lot of time stressed can slow down your rehabilitation. That's really interesting. I, um, and that's one of the things I, I talk about a lot because I think that there's um, ways a – lot, a lot of athletes combat their stress with playing their sport, right? So then when your sport is taken away from you – 
and you're in this injured state, you're like, I don't know what to do to combat stress in like a creative way. So I'm always like, try something new. Like now you have the opportunity, you know, like think of this time away from your sport as an opportunity to do something that you've always wanted to do. Have you wanted to be like, do a painting class or learn to play the guitar or something that can help you with that creative side that also, you know, releases that stress and doesn't allow it to build up in a way that, you know, like you were saying, could potentially uh, slow down your recovery. I, I think you're 100% spot on. And, and what you're saying is actually conversations I have regularly with, um, obviously, most of my clients are at the professional level and, and you know, their life revolves around their soccer. Yeah. And, and when they train over here for a couple of hours a day and they, um, they, they go home and they dwell on things and they become anxious and they, they mm-hmm. project themselves to the future and not being able to get back in the team and you know what the the striker who's now playing he's he or she has scored seven goals in the last seven games oh I'm not going to get back on the in the team it's so unfair There's, and it just doesn't help you so so um having it, it's what we would call in psychology substitutions substituting that time those thoughts with something that's uh, active rest or something proactively done that's new to you that's novel that piques your interest that might be a hobby or something like that and 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 with that as well i think is important to say because recently i was working with a player and one of the one of the things that got him down was being feeling having a sense of detachment from his mm. team yeah he said i'm looking out of this window at the training ground and i'm watching my friends train and get excited about the upcoming game yeah and i feel a slight you know my words here but there was a slight sense of loss there was a grieving there was a bit of loneliness there yeah. in many respects and 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 you know look i mean over here you get fans who say yeah but this player's making ten thousand pounds a week and how and not once the money never inoculates you from stress it's just right. not the way we work in life and and it's very unfair for people to i can understand why they think like that but it's unfair to think like that and 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 one of the things that we talked about and he started to work hard on was giving himself time with teammates. No, he couldn't be out there on the training pitch with them, but he could make sure that he was, um, rather than being in the gym during lunch or when they were having lunch, he would be in the lunch, the dining hall with them. He would take time in the afternoon to chat with teammates. Um, He would, you know, we worked on this little buddy system whereby um, he picked two or three players who he had a little chat to and said, yeah, at times I'm getting a bit down. I feel a bit detached. He was open and honest with them. And he said, you know, can I throw you a few texts if I feel a bit, you know, can I can I nip around your house and we we can play FIFA on PlayStation or whatever. And, yeah. and, and, and it's just it was it was just making sure that he didn't feel too isolated from his team. 
because such a big part of the identity of a soccer player is being with teammates, is feeling part of a team. And when you become in, in, injured, you can start to feel isolated. So I think that's worth saying as well. And I think it's really hard for people to do that, to reach out to teammates and say, you know, I need your help. I need you to invite me to do things or bring me in on conversations or um but it's so key. Like if you can find those two people on your team that know where you're coming from and you can say, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. Um, I just want to be a part of the group. Can you like, and you, the team means a lot to me. Can you help me do that? I think it shows a one, it shows your continued commitment to the group. Right. But two, it allows you to still feel engaged and not feel so lonely and, um, sad about not being on the pitch or on the court or whatever sport you play. Absolutely. And I, and I think there's two things to say there, especially, you know, especially it is tough to speak with teammates about something like this and, and admit to, and I'm doing sort of a inverted comma sign here, admit to a weakness. It's not a weakness, but yeah. it, you know what I mean? And it's and a human, it it's pursued. a human it's just being a human, a human condition. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, being human, and yeah. and 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 um, uh, it, it, but it 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 can be perceived as a weakness. And I think there's two things to say here, which is in the macho world of called a macho world of sports, it can be perceived as weakness. And suddenly, I feel well, Dan, I feel scared to do that. Jordan, how can I how can I go and tell my teammates? They'll just laugh at me. And and the other thing is, especially with you know we're talking about young people here so yeah. we're talking about people who by and large have you know they don't always have you know what we know in 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 brain science is the intelligent part of the brain wires up to the emotional part of the brain it doesn't do so until 25 for a lot of people and mm. so we're dealing with the adolescent brain and the adolescent brain can be quite self-conscious so so the idea of what I well, I'm going to go to my mates and I'm going to say I need their help and I feel a bit lonely at times and I can't do that. And, you know, I do get a bit of that and I do understand that. And it's not always easy for, for young players to do that. What I would say is never underestimate uh, how much a teammate can surprise you because really good. Uh, yeah. they, they will, they will. If you really, 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 for, for your listeners now, if you're going through that, if you really sit down and think about it, your teammate isn't going to say, isn't going to laugh at you. Your teammate isn't going to um, scoff behind your back. Or your teammate will say, yeah, come over, have a chat, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's not, it really isn't going to be a problem. I think if anything, they'll feel honored that you would, Want, that you would choose them, you know, to help you. And I yeah. think as a teammate of other, you know, being on the healthy side for once and having teammates injured when teammates do come up to me and like, or I go up to them and I make them feel included, it it makes you feel like you're helping them some way too in what they're doing. And I think that's all you want if you're a part of a group, a part of a team going for the same united goal is that, you are only good as that one person who, you know, maybe feels the weakest. So can you build them up and make them feel a little better? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and for any coaches listening out there, I mean, that's a great, this is a great concept to put into your um, culture. 
you know, there, yeah. there's that that can be coach led um, or at least coach facilitated. Um, and and I, I, I really think it's it's it can help cohesion. Boy, it can help cohesion. It's, it's certainly not going to hinder it. So actually, if we're really going to reframe the notion of injury, you know, and you're a coach. Well, hey, coach. You know, if you do something like this buddy system, if you, if you, if you facilitate a process whereby fit players yeah. are there for injured players, um, whether via text or phone or um, in person, you're creating cohesion. Yeah. You're not you're not doing anything other than benefiting your club's culture. Mm-hmm. And one of the other things I've just in the youth and the collegiate level here in the U.S., I've noticed like when you are at training and players, I, I think it's great when players that are injured come to training and they're there. And like you said, you know, they, they try to stay engaged if they can. But just even calling them injured players, like injured players, can you get me the pennies or injured players, can you get me the cones? You're putting that back in their brain, right? So I think there's almost like talk about a cultural change. Like not only are you creating this buddy system, but you're just referring to them as a player. Like, Hey, can we, can you guys help with Jordan and Samantha? Can you help with this? Or Bob and Evan, can you help me do this? Like even using the word injured, I think is sometimes can be, can be not very helpful. It can go and get stuck in their brain. And then that's what they're thinking. Like I'm injured, I'm injured, I'm injured. Well, an extreme example and, 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 and how practical this is depends on the level, the age you're talking mm-hmm. about. But um, last year at the club I worked at, um, the club captain was injured for two or three games. And look, he's in his early 30s and is a, is a, is an international player um, and has done some coaching badges. But the um, uh, Steve McLaren, the uh, manager of mm-hmm. the club I was working with, actually uh, to, to, to keep the club captain engaged. Um, had him sit in the stands among the uh, 35,000 supporters and observe and make notes and Mm. contribute, come back down half-time in the changing room, contribute um, his thoughts um, and go around and appraise and uh, critically and positively um, the players and the players you know really received it very well they found it very very useful so you know obviously that's talking about the very top level but why can't that happen at yeah, college level I you know agree. And, and in in many respects as a coach that that's a good thing because you're educating your players you you might not have your your injured player talk to your players at half time but what you what you might do is get them to do a report on the game report back to me you know what you think the team did well what you think the team did better what was your, what was your view and the tactics um that that's that's you're helping your your injured players become students of the game and i just think that's there's lots of little practical things that you can do as a coach to keep players engaged in that respect and Mm -hmm. also build their soccer knowledge yeah and and also as a player like understand and i think i think the hard thing is flipping this from you know whenever you're injured it's tough to get to the place where you're like okay this is going to benefit me like i can choose that this is going to be something in my career where i get the most out of it and i learn and i talk to my coaches and i say hey how can i help during the game or i watch film afterwards and i you know point out certain things to help my teammates and you know those are just little opportunities in this process where 
although it feels stagnant physically sometimes that I'm not doing what I want physically, mentally there's there is a a huge amount of growth that can happen in that six to twelve months where you're not participating full on the pitch. Absolutely, absolutely, and 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 I come back to that's why I do emphasize in in that the early days before you get back out into training mm-hmm. um the the early days of rehab that's why i sort of split it into two and, and just say look in that first few days in the first week let the emotion out let it happen if you're going to cry if you're going to whatever whatever it is uh, however you want to deal with it emotionally just let that out and once that starts to once people start to say hey come on or you in your own mind recognize yeah. come on let's let it's now time to move on that's the time to really get into your self-management and if you can learn whether you're out for four weeks to eight weeks for three months for six months if you can then spend that period of time managing yourself your thoughts your behaviors your actions your attitudes um then then that is really going to stand you in good stead uh for the rest of your soccer career whether that's more college stuff whether that's going on to a professional game or 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 it can stand you in good stead for life yeah and and so that 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 that's uh, sometimes and quite often very difficult for soccer players uh, to recognize but it's something that we have to keep you know uh, reminding them of mm-hmm. um, to, to be able to do that and and it, it's I, I talk to players I say to players so much of soccer in terms of if we talk about the mental side of the game and where it's in the mind so much of soccer is played in the mind because it's so much to do with the story the inner story that you weave yourself monday to friday yeah um when you've got a saturday game you know if if monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday you rehearse failure and you think about what went wrong in training and you think about how you don't like the coach and this teammate's no good and that's teammates and you're in the wrong position and how bad you played last week and oh god we're we're going to be playing uh, arsenal on saturday and they've got a big strong striker and i've got no chance and if you weave that kind of inner story monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday what chance have you got of taking to the pitch on Saturday and playing with focus and playing with freedom and playing alert and live and lively and on your toes and with confidence, you haven't got much chance. Zero, yeah. And <laughs> we, exactly. And, and it's Jordan, you can't, I, I, I cannot, working every day with Premier League players and global players like I do, some of the best players in the world, you cannot believe some of the inner stories oh, really? that these players weave Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and how much better some of them can be if they just manage that inner story, if they were to be able to reappraise things. Hey, look, I don't love the way my coach is talking to me right now, but um, I'm going to accept that and I'm going to focus on the good stuff in my game and I'm going to also take away the positives that she occasionally tells me. Right. And I am a bit nervous about playing uh, Arsenal or uh, Boston Breakers or whoever it is that I'm playing on Saturday. And I do know that they've got a, a, a quick striker and I do know I'm up against this defender, but you know, I also know I'm quick and I'm strong and I'm aggressive in the challenge and that person's going to have a real tough time against me. So being able to reappraise that story is so important. Now, let's come back to injury. Build that skill now. 
Yeah. If you're injured for a period of time, build the ability and I it's skill. Build the skill of being able to weave a positive, helpful, constructive inner story. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And you don't have a better chance. If you're coming off a real tough injury, whatever that is, mm-hmm. um, you don't have a better chance than, than being able to learn how to self-manage, to build a great story, to reappraise um, things than when you're injured. And I think that is so true because you are constantly, you're having little successes and little failures every day during physical therapy, right? During physio work that you're saying, and one of the things I I liked a lot in your book um, was you talk about how the brain is hardwired to be negative. So you leave physical therapy thinking, oh, I couldn't do that one-legged squat. I'm so mad. I can't believe I can't do it. I'm this many weeks out, you know, and then you're like getting into this super negative, but that's just how your brain works. So how, one of the things I think I like from what you're saying is accepting that, like accepting, okay, I can't do the, the one-legged squat, but I held a plank for a minute. Like I haven't done that in a long time. I'm so proud of that. And picking out all the good things and you have to consciously work hard at that. What were the good things that I accomplished? And let's build off of those or say, some, you know, something like that. Because I think in the injury recovery process, it can, you're, it's long and it's up and down and stagnant and up and down. And, you know, you can't control so many, so many things that if you can learn those skills of um, rewiring your brain and painting a positive picture during this, it's going to help you significantly when you get back to sport. Let, let me give you a useful little acronym here uh, yeah. that, that, that can help because I, I, I talk to players, um, you know, as a, as a psychologist, like most psychs, we, we have these, these little apps and these little gimmicky things to remember, but I, I find them useful. And, and, it, yeah, practical. Yeah, and easy to remember. Practical. And, and, and I, I always say, you know, open up your injury app. APP, capital A, capital P, 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 and the A, the P, P are acceptance, patience, and process. And every single day, you are going to have to say to yourself, acceptance, patience, process, acceptance, patient, process. And mm-hmm. let me let me explain that a bit further. It's acceptance is in, you're on this journey, it's, if it's two weeks, if it's a month, if it's three months, it's six months, you have to accept that there are going to be some roadblocks there's going to be some challenging times and that's okay it's not negative to accept that um one of the things you have to do is strive to keep your uh, manage your emotions and by using this word acceptance i accept that that's going to happen over the next three four weeks over the next three four months there are going to be some setbacks there are going to be some days where it's tougher than others others that's okay that's such an important part of your inner story to have monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday i accept patience i'm going to have patience i'm going to have patience um and positive process so the final P, which I suppose is two P's, positive processes, you know, reflecting on the positives every day of what went well, like you said there, what what did go well? Yes, there were a few setbacks, but what did what did I do good? And just reaffirming and re- recommitting, okay, today's done, 
process tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Get in the gym, finish my sets. Whatever my physio has said to me that I've got to do, I do that, and I do that 100%. I'm going to get this process right every single day. I accept that there will be challenges. I accept that sometimes uh, it will be tougher to finish my sets, to finish my reps, to stretch like I'm supposed to. Um, I'm going to be patient, 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 patient. I'm going to drown out negatives with patience. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to engage in positive processes. Every day I take the positives. Every single day I look forward to executing the processes. And if you can do that, if you can do that, if you can weave that inner voice, it's going to be tough sometimes, but if you can say those key words to yourself, then that can be a useful step in your rehabilitation. Yeah, I like that. I, like, I feel like that is really helpful. And are those, do you, when people are going through injuries, is writing these things down helpful so then they can look back? Like for me, journaling was always helpful because I could just like get anything out and whatever I was feeling and then it was out of my brain, right? And I didn't have to think about it. But stuff like this where you can then go back and look and be like, oh, look at all that I have gone that I have accepted, that I have been, you know, working through the process, is is some kind of journaling something you ever recommend to people? You know, Jordan, I think that can be really useful. What what I would say is that I would never force a player to do that because you're always going to have players who go, who, you know, in my experience anyway, who have said to me, Dan, I, I know what you're saying, but I, I really don't like writing things yeah. down. It's not something I want to do. And that, that's fine. That has to be fine. Right. Your experience of it was really positive and really useful. So that's where having uh, significant others who you can either bounce around ideas or talk to right. about what didn't go so well or uh, celebrate what did go well. You know, that that's probably the best thing for them. Um, other than that, absolutely. If you're, if, if a player has, whether you call it the patience or the wherewithal or the want and will to write a journal, to get those words out, get out how you're feeling, get out what went well that day, um, re, re, uh, appraise or reaffirm, uh, reframe I beg your pardon what didn't go so well and write down a diary write down well what am I doing tomorrow what's the process tomorrow what am I going to commit to so so important there's a difference between motivation and commitment you know and um, I can be motivated I can say well I want to do this I want to do this but I don't necessarily I'm not necessarily committed uh, you know, I don't necessarily go and do that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's important to be committed as well as motivated. And certainly writing things down, having a journal can be a useful process to to to, to do, to go through. I want to go back to a word that you just used in that um, when you were talking about writing things down and you said reframe. Can you explain mm. that a little bit more so people know exactly what you're talking about? Because I feel like that's a really good thing for um any athlete to know yeah it's really just um you know uh, uh, along that rehabilitation path as we both alluded to there, there are going to be negatives there are going to be a lot of negative thoughts and it's striving to reframe the negatives into something it could be something more positive or it could just be something neutral 
Um, it, 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 it could be. I'm trying to think of an example here. Yeah. And, you know, you've been through it, and you might 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 be able to give me something here. But it, it might be, you know, you haven't quite um, done your reps that day. Yeah. Um, but you've done something else that's 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 really good, and it's very very quickly and flexibly with your thinking rather than dwelling on what went wrong it's shifting to what went right or changing the way you perceive what went wrong yeah yeah I think um I think one of the things people get stuck on is like a timeline so they think oh that you know I'm for I'm three and a half months, I should be running. And maybe you're not running at that point. And then you see everybody else, whether they're in your same PT or you have friends who've gone through it and you're like, I'm, everybody else was running. Like I'm not running. And that's something that you could say, well, look at how much stronger I'm getting. So then when I do run, I'm going to, my knee's not going to take as absorb as much pressure and weight. Like just another day is another day of strength and I'll get there. And and you you know you've reframed that brilliantly. That I mean that that that's perfect. I think I I do think that one of the things that you know reflecting back on all the sessions I've done with injured players, uh-huh. one of the things I constantly reinforce is you know this notion of forgiving yourself for having negative thoughts. You're going to have negative thoughts. Yeah. There are going to be negative. It's 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 unrealistic thinking that you're going to walk around every day, all day, every day, um, with a big smile on your face and everything's hunky dory. Yeah. And it's I often say, look, it's okay. It's okay to have these these negative thoughts. And often negatives beget another negative and then another negative and another negative what we would call a negative thought chain and often it's because players are desperately trying to be positive and there tends to be this um bounce back of thinking it's a bit like if i said to you don't think of a pink elephant yeah you know what's the first thing that your brain does it thinks of like, what does that uh, look like <laughs> yeah so so it, it's it's actually called it has its own theory in psychology it's called ironic processing theory okay ironic processing theory uh, ironic processing being don't think of a pink elephant don't think don't look behind you don't look down what do you want to do you have this urge to look down or look behind you it, it's don't think don't and and what I do find in my practice with players is that yes I want them to reframe yes I want them to explore the positive yes I want them to to reflect on what went well but I also don't want them to uh, try to force the positives and beat yeah. uh, and, and then beat themselves up more and and go through that rehabilitation thinking I've got to be positive I've got to be positive I've got to, ridiculous yeah you know yes okay let's strive to think about your best games let's strive to think about your best moments let's strive to think about your dream games let's strive to be a student of the game let's let's explore what did go well today but let's do that in a gentle manner you know you don't have to force this on yourself and if you do have the odd bad thought that's okay yeah quite often reframing starts with saying to yourself look it's okay I didn't finish that set today yeah you know it's, it's not it's it, it, you know give yourself a tool I'd like to do that better tomorrow I, I, I hope that's going to go better I'm going to do my best to do that better tomorrow mm-hmm. 
uh, maybe I need to phone the physio and say, have you got any advice for me there? But don't kill yourself if you didn't do it at 100%. We didn't finish your set. It's quite often you'll find that you manage negatives better when you go, hey, it's okay. I'm going to have some negatives. Now, what about tomorrow? What am yeah. I going to do tomorrow? Yeah. That to me is a very effective way of kind of uh, reappraising or reframing the situation. Yeah. I love it. Um, I feel like this is just such an interesting conversation to me and I, I'm so excited to be talking to you. And um, is there any last things that you would, um, I don't know, before we talk a little bit more about what you're doing now and uh, how people can connect with you, but any, any last thoughts about the injury recovery or anything that is good to focus on besides what we've, I mean, I feel like we've hit a lot of good things. Yeah, well, I, I actually think that, you know, that there is a big area here that that we haven't touched, which is is when you're back on that pitch. Yeah. Because let's let's face it, when you're back on that pitch, you're not back at 100%. And, and something, uh, a piece I wrote recently, um, one of the one of the narratives in it was commit 100% to 50% to 60% to 70%. So let mm. me explain. Yeah. Commit 100 When you get back out there, what what players tend to do is when players talk to me and they'll say, Dan, I can't I can't shake this feeling of re-injury. I, you know, I'm so concerned about re-injuring. And one of the reasons is because players go back out there and they try to impress. They try to be they try to come back out at 100 percent. Yeah. And they want to perform at 100 percent. When I say 100 percent, I'm talking about performing at 100 percent. So still picking your passes, still, you know, seeing the 360 degree around you, still mm-hmm. trying to find that space like you did before, still being that anticipating as quickly and making the right decisions and you know what the reality is is you might not and you know what the coaches will give you that break it's okay so I say to players it's okay to be at 50 percent what's not okay is you is is or or, sorry let me say say this again what's important is you've got to commit a hundred percent to being 50 percent yeah got to be okay with only a 50% level of performance you might miss the pass you might not track your runners you might not see that striker sneak in front of you you might not anticipate that pass because you've been away from the pitch for a couple of months and that's okay so commit mentally to this notion of it's okay to be 50% and then after a few days it's okay to be 60% what does that look like? What does that feel like? Then it's okay to be 70%. What does that look like? What does that feel like? Until after maybe two, three weeks, bang, right, I'm committing 100% to being 100%. And you just start to become a bit more demanding of yourself mm-hmm. from a performance perspective. And it helps that that commitment to those different stages helps build your self-belief because you're building confidence each, each week, each step that you're making, you can still see the progress as opposed to saying, I'm not where I'm not where I was when I left and getting down on that. Now you're seeing progress. You're building confidence, self-belief in, in those stages. There's nothing more slump inducing for yeah. an ex-injured player to come back and expect 100% from their performance. Yeah. Um, I would be expecting 
percent but committing 100 percent to that 50 percent. Yeah. if that makes sense. is this another good opportunity to coming back on the field where you find some buddies and you say hey you know you know i'm just back i'm just getting back I know when I'm making mistakes, but when I do something right, can you help me? Can you just tell me that I'm doing something good just to help build that? Yeah, I, I, and, and, and the word that springs to mind there is is, is coachable. I, I think it's so important to be coachable when you're coming back. Mm-hmm. The last thing you want to be is overly sensitive. Um, you know, every coach deals with uh, players in different ways and some with the, some that we delight in how they deal with players and others that we um sort of find um find that they they treat players in the wrong way and 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 for me the best coaches are 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 good at managing players when they're coming back from injury and yeah. and players have to be good at managing coach feedback and and so whether it's doing as you suggested there having buddies who might be open and honest you've got to be able to receive that feedback yeah you know if you give them permission to say <laughs> hey you know that you know i just saw this this could you've got to be able to take that yeah. but equally if you don't do that and you're going back and and, and you're dealing with a tough coach you, you've you commit 100 percent to being 50 percent, but you, you, you've got to you've got to deal with tough feedback from the coach so you've got to you've got to be coachable you right. really have to right so important. gosh i think that's great good um i think that's very important the return to play aspect and just some yeah. the mental um you know those are good good things to think about when you're getting back to whatever sport it is so um I'm so excited to talk to you. I feel like this was a really informative conversation and I know that you've written books and you've worked with all these, um, you know, elite soccer players, but currently you're working and launching something new and exciting that could be accessible to anyone really. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a really fun period for me at the moment. Um, I've, I've just launched, um, an online soccer, uh, academy, um, that's, uh, it, it consists of animated, uh, video sessions for, uh, players, coaches, and parents to work together on the mental side of the game. Uh, that's one thing uh, that togetherness uh, I feel isn't out there. So, uh, players, um, when you, when you join, uh, um, players receive uh, a, a players program um, and their animated videos. My passion is to bring this side of the game, the mental side of the game, alive yeah. for players, coaches, and parents. So it's animated, um, it's it, it, it's fun and informative for them, with very very simple techniques that they can use to help play with confidence and focus and manage emotions and train effectively. So uh, uh, and then you've got the coaches program coaches can sign up and they'll be able to watch both the coaches uh, videos and the players videos and then you've got the parents program and the parents sign up they can see the parents videos and the players videos if that makes sense yeah yeah so 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 players can work with parents they can work with coaches but it's um if you go to danabrahams.com forward slash academy 
um, you can have a look there. It's got some sample videos on there and you can you can join up there. And as you alluded to earlier, I've also got my books, Soccer Tough and Soccer Tough 2. I've written for players with lots of case studies involving some of the best players in the world. And uh, another book called Soccer Brain, which is uh, specifically for coaches. So um, and if you you can join me on Twitter, Dan Abrahams 77. So at Dan Abrahams 77, Instagram, Dan Abrahams Sport and Dan Abrahams Soccer uh, on Facebook that has all of my articles. So plenty of free stuff there yeah. as well. I love that. You just did all of the heavy hitting for me. <laughs> but I will link I will link all those things up in the podcast um, notes and everything so people can easily access you. And um, Dan, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're in England and probably getting ready to wind down with, with family, but um, I, I really appreciate it. I think this is going to be so helpful for people who are injured right now and for coaches and, you know, parents alike. I think it's just important to know the, the mental side and your, your books are good. I've only read one of them, but I liked it. And th there's so many good uh, applicable little tricks and tips in there I think that can help people um, whether playing or are injured in returning to play so thank you well I, I think but sorry before we go important to note there because that's the uh, uh, mental toughness for soccer e yeah that you're talking about and, yes. and people I, I neglected to say this a minute ago people can download that for free at oh, yeah. danabrahams.com and actually when you download it you I now do a weekly newsletter and they're great Oh, thank you. They have articles and now they've got recommendations. I do infographs and um, also there will be discounts on my academy um, for those who join up. There you go. You can get a free you can get a free ebook and you join up for the newsletter. You can get a discount on the academy. Hello. There we go. Yes. Hello. Well, thank you so much, Dan. I appreciate everything and I will make sure to let you know when when this all gets linked up. Brilliant. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jordan. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation I had with Dan and maybe took some notes or re-listened to this because I think he has a lot to say that can be helpful for you no matter where you are at right now, whether you're injured, whether you're healthy, whether you're struggling with something mentally, you're not even participating in sports right now, it doesn't really matter. For me, I wrote a lot of stuff down throughout my conversation with him as things that I can implement in my everyday life, like squashing ants and working to reframe my situation and make it a little bit more positive because it's hard. We are acknowledging that it's hard. Your brain is going to be negative by default so it takes work to make it positive and to think positive but this is a really great opportunity for you to put in that work so then when you are back playing and training and even through your injury recovery you have these tools to help you really see the progress and really see how your performance is improving i loved this conversation i've tagged everything that dan's about in the show notes so make sure you check him out and if you're curious at all about the soccer academy i think if you're a soccer player it could be really beneficial to you i know that the ebook when you sign up for his newsletter the ebook that he has was great it's 
it's a, sh a shorter book, about 75, 80 pages, but it's filled with a lot of content and you can't really breeze through it without trying to apply the things that he says. So check out everything for Dan on his Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and his website where you can see his other books that he's written. want to thank Dan for his time and his knowledge and just ability to share that knowledge in a way that we can use it in our everyday lives. I hope you guys have a great day and I am excited to be back and to share with you guys. If you liked anything about this podcast, please email us right in the review section on iTunes or on SoundCloud. We check both of those because we'd love to hear what you think and if this was a good podcast to help you show your scars better. I want you guys to go out there, share your strength with someone, but more importantly, be proud of all you have gone through and all you will go through and show your scars. 